Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. All right, you can turn over in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, right? So we had a little bit of like this, like parentheses sermon last week. I mean, Patrick did an awesome job. He kind of went in there. We had a break between chapter 3 and chapter 4, and... uh, you can hear that sermon on the Clemson Foothills Church podcast. You can go to it. You can listen to it. Pat has shared it 700 times. It's all over the interwebs. But, uh, but it was great. We're jumping back in. We're going to hit 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And here's, you know, th- this again, kind of being a, a, a crossing guard a little bit here is, my reminder as we're going through this um, is, number one, hopefully gratitude, that we get to read about our brothers and sisters in Christ that were kind of messy. All right, it's, isn't it simple to disconnect ourselves with, we, we can read the Bible, man, the Corinthians, man, they're so messed up. And we're going, hold on a minute, that's my brother in Christ, that's my sister in Christ, man, you know, and, and, and so... Um, wrapping your mind around that, realizing, man, we're just reading a letter that Paul wrote, and, and he just wrote it to our brothers and sisters who lived in Corinth, which is like if you're picturing the Mediterranean right now, it's like where Greece is, okay? It's right around there. And um, we want to get ourselves into a place where we're hearing what they heard originally. All right, so, so let me just clarify that. It's very easy to read the Bible and think of it as just talking to us in the present right now, okay? And the the danger in that is that we can come up with really strange doctrines and teachings and practicality because the point isn't that we interpret it now in our time, but that we hear what did it mean originally. And so that requires us to have some kind of active listening as we read to know what were they, what was going on? As a Corinthian, what were they hearing, right? And then at that point, once we can determine this is what they were hearing, this is what Paul was trying to teach them, then we can bring it into our time, all right? And so, you you know, you might be going, man, it's just making it too hard. No, no, no. Listen, this is going to keep things simple, okay? This is how we keep things simple right here. Um, So, yeah, we're here, 1 Corinthians 4. Man, I feel like the screen is so much smaller, right? Let's read this. How about that? 1 Corinthians 4. It's a short-ish chapter, right? So let's go ahead and begin reading 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1. A person should consider us in this way as servants of Christ and managers of God's mysteries. In this regard, it's expected of managers that each one of them be found faithful. It's of little importance to me that I should be evaluated by you or by any human court. In fact, I don't even evaluate myself. For I'm not conscious of anything against myself, but I'm not justified by this. The one who evaluates me is the Lord. 
Therefore, don't judge anything prematurely before the Lord comes, who will both bring to light what is hidden in darkness and reveal the intentions of the heart. And then praise will come to each one from God. Now, brothers, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the saying, nothing beyond what's written. The purpose is that none of you will be inflated with pride in favor of one person over another. For who makes you so superior? What, what do you have that you didn't receive? If, in fact, you did receive it, why do you boast as if you hadn't received it? You're already full. You're already rich. You have become to reign as kings without us. And, and I wish you did reign so that we also could reign with you. For I think God has displayed us, the apostles, in last place. Like men condemned to die, we have become a spectacle to the world and to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You're distinguished, but we're dishonored. Up to the present hour, we're both hungry and thirsty. We're poorly clothed, roughly treated. We're homeless. We labor, working with our own hands. When we're reviled, we bless. When we're persecuted, we endure it. When we're slandered, we respond graciously. Even now, we're like the world's garbage, like the dirt everyone scrapes off of their sandals. I'm not writing this to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. For you can have 10,000 instructors in Christ, but you can't have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. This is why I've sent Timothy to you. He is my dearly loved and faithful son in the Lord. He'll remind you about my ways in Christ Jesus, just as I teach everywhere in every church. Now, some are inflated with pride as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you soon if the Lord wills, and I will know not the talk, but the power of those who are inflated with pride. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. What do you want? Should I come to you with a rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness? So a little bit of a background here, okay, is Paul planted the Corinthian church, okay? He's the guy that started it. You can go back and read about it in the book of Acts, chapter 18. You can go there and see how that happened and all that happened there. And what ended up happening is, is the Corinthian brothers and sisters ultimately began rejecting Paul, all right? And they even brought into question whether he was a true apostle, okay? And one of the things that was happening was Paul was just like this ordinary guy. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't super talented. He wasn't a great speaker. He, you know, he, wasn't, he couldn't compete in the Corinthian culture, right? And so they started rejecting Paul. They started talking about, man, I don't even know, you know? And so he's getting all of this, Right? He's getting all of this feedback back from them. And so he's starting to, again, address these things. And as we see here, and we'll get into, like right there in verses 6 through 13, uh, what we start seeing here is he starts being kind of rhetorical. Like, you guys think you're awesome. You guys think you're so awesome. And, man, how'd you get that awesome? And I'm, I'm not. And you say all these things about me. So, uh, so we're going to dig into that. But... Right here in verse 1, okay, he's picking up, obviously, from chapter 3. A person should consider us in this way. So remember where we went. So he's just finished 
talking about how as a church, as a community of faith, right, the way we view leaders in, in, in what he's seeing with them was super unhealthy. Because in Corinth, the way leaders were kind of esteemed was like, who was the best and who could you connect yourself with who was superior, smarter, more dynamic, more whatever it is, okay? And so obviously when the Corinthians became Christians, they started like, that's what they did. They came into the church and they were like, no, 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 I follow Ben. No, 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 I follow Adam. I follow these guys and they're going, but he's, Adam's better. Adam's better than Kevin and Kevin's crew is like, no, 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 man. Could you imagine in the church? Right. And, and again, you think if you think Corinth was a huge church, you're mistaken. All right. So you're talking about a small. Could you imagine that going? No, no I'm with Ryan. Ryan's awesome, man. Do you see what he does up there? You know, could you imagine just the dysfunction? The Corinthians were about that, about that competitiveness. And so he spent some time going, hey, guys, you need to stop. Right. This is not healthy. But then he transitions into how should you? in a healthy way, regard a leader. How should you do that, okay? And, and he encapsulates really this entire chapter right here. In verse 1, he says, A person should consider us in this way, as servants of Christ and managers of God's mysteries. All right? Now, I want you to jump real quick, okay? And, and if you just go right across the page, in my Bible, it's right across the page. In verse 16... And he says, imitate me. Okay, so what he's about to tell us, he's saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to teach how a healthy relationship looks like because God does appoint leaders, okay? God did appoint Paul, and God did appoint Sosthenes and Apollos and Peter and all these guys. And going, well, what does it mean to be healthy? Okay, because sometimes it's really easy to go, man, leaders are just a bunch of goofballs anyway we should just get rid of all of them we're going but here's the truth is God actually is saying no this is required in my church but in a healthy way right in a not in a worldly way and so he's telling them this now here's the interesting thing about these words right here so he says he he, he says guys this is how I want you to view me okay as a servant and now what's here's what's really clear and and why I jumped to verse 16 so you're, think, you're not thinking, oh, yeah, this is for them. Okay? He's saying, no, no, no. Guys, I'm telling you this so you'll imitate me. Right? And so he says right here, he uses a fairly distinct word for servant here that's not used in a lot of places. And the word literally means an under rower. Okay? And what that was was somebody, if you were like, you know, we, we have like crazy nice ships and all these things. But if you were in this big ship and you were like on the lower level and you were pulling the oars, you were rowing, right? And what that meant is you were given a specific job and you were doing it under the orders of someone else. All right. It literally meant this, an under rower. And so he said, guys, this is how you should regard me. He's saying as an apostle, rather than, rather than seeing his word. Think of this, think of me as, man, I'm under the authority of someone, all right? He said, I'm a steward, okay? And really what that means is like if you were to put someone in charge of your household, you know, it required that you're faithful and loyal, that you don't just do your own thing, that you're under the authority of the homeowner, of the master, 
right? But you had to make sure that the jobs get done and the specific jobs. And so he's saying, here's how I want you to view us as men who are here working and serving, not from a worldly perspective of authoritarianism, but man, we are just on this boat right here and Jesus, we are under the lordship of Jesus. Okay, and that's what's so important because here's the deal. Essentially, as they're kind of getting angry at what Paul is teaching, do you see how he's subtly going, you're not really angry at me though. See, I'm being told what to say. I can't change the message. All right, that's really, really, really valuable. Is Paul's going, I can't, even if I wanted to change the message, I can't because I have someone over me. And he's telling me exactly what to teach and what to say and all of these different things, okay? And so he starts this right here. And, and I think that's good for us to begin considering, all right? Because this chapter is going to propel us into some craziness next week, all right? It's propelling us because here's the deal. Paul is going, now, now just keep in mind, like they didn't put chapters in when he was writing it, okay? It was just like a letter. Uh, but Paul is like getting ready and he's like preparing like, okay, let's get a healthy view of what's coming because I'm going to say some things that you're not going to like. And it may be tough and it may cut like a sword. But understand something. I'm not talking based on what I want or how I want this church to go. I'm under the authority. I'm just an under rower. I'm just a steward. Jesus has me down here in his church and he says, you're just a steward, man. Take care of what I've given you right? You don't get to go and just make things up. And, and isn't that, so here's the deal though. I like how that sounds to my ear. I, I do. And I like for other people to do it. <laughs> right? I mean, you, you see where we can kind of go with this? Like, man, that sounds so awesome. I wish Keith would be like that. <laughs> All right. See, when you don't laugh, that makes me nervous right there. Because <laughs> you're really thinking it, okay? But, but here's the deal is, it's one of those things that sound, can sound so great to our ears, but then going, oh man, he told me to imitate him. Yeah. Like he said, we should be like him. And this may sound weird even to our ears right here. The assumption was, man, if you're a disciple, you're going to go plant a church. Okay? We, we don't do that right now. We're like, you know, it, it's funny, if you grow up, in a family, and, and you're 34, 35, 36 years old, and you're living in mom's basement, you know, and you're still like, mom, why aren't you doing my laundry? And why aren't you, come on, you know, give me the meatloaf, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like all of those things. Is You're complaining about the food, but you're, and, and honestly, that's almost like what we've created church to be, where we think, oh, man, here I am. I'm going to grow up and live in the basement my whole life. All right. And here's the deal is there are church planters right here. And you may never, ever have thought, I can't do that. Paul is thinking that right here. That's why he's going, no, no, imitate me because you're going to plant a church. OK, now, again, you don't have to think American church planting. All right. You don't have to think, oh, gosh, I don't know if I can go out of the country. Here's the deal. The, the church planting may need to happen right in your neighborhood. It may need to happen in the town over. It may need to go to the town you came from, right? But this idea of, guys, this is why it's important to imitate Paul because he's going, just watch me because you're going to be in a position 
where you're going to be leading a church one day, right? That's almost unheard of today, right? I mean, if we took a poll and go, man, do you think you're going to be a church planter? Well, heck no. Man, no way. No, man, I'm not going to do that. Except this is exactly what Jesus is doing with his family, right? And so, again, our goal, our purpose is not to go, listen, but, but Keith, wouldn't it be great if you're, there was 100 or 200 or 300 or 400 people? Yeah, that'd be great because you'd go and plant like 20 churches. All right. But again, our view of church oftentimes is how many people can we cram in a room and then we say that's faith? Instead of like, no, man, let's divide and conquer our area, you know, let's like get out there and let's let's like encourage one another. OK, it's too easy to break each other down. It's too easy to fight. You, you look at that. Why do we encourage one another daily? Because here's the deal is, man, you got to be confident to go plant a church. But if you're bickering and fighting and trying to break everybody down, then you're going, hold on a minute, man. We're just going to be this dysfunctional thing right here. So, again, I want you to. Just get a mindset that Paul's in that isn't our normal context in America of going and being a church planter. All right. So. So, you know, he, he gets into this uh, and he goes down. Let's. Um, th- there's a couple trigger words in here I want to talk about. OK, a couple of them here. Uh, your version in verse three. And verse uh, three and four. My version says evaluated. Your version may say judge. Okay. Have you ever said this before? My conscience is clear. <laughs> okay. Just here's a little secret. That's not what that ver- the verse doesn't mean what you think it means. <laughs> okay. We oftentimes go, no, 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 I'm good. I don't think I was in sin. My conscience is clear. Except what Paul says here in verse 4 is he said, my conscience is clear too, but that doesn't make me okay. In fact, that doesn't make me okay at all. That there's this, again, Paul is bringing this back, and hopefully this is what me and you get. He's bringing this back to this idea of we have a Lord. Like we have a king that really, and, and not just any king, right? This is where the gospel comes in is this sacrificial, loving graceful i mean just this immensely just just powerful king that loves us not and likes us at the same time okay but that we acknowledge hold on a minute you want to know what here to the corinthians he could say y'all can say whatever you want about me like that's not sinking in because here's the deal the evaluation of a human being isn't what like affects me and he says even my evaluation of myself isn't what truth is that i am firmly under jesus as king that's who will evaluate me okay now here's the deal why do i say this kind of a trigger word we we can use this as kind of like you know our own sword of defensiveness like don't judge me okay here's what i want you to do we're not going to get into that more but i want you to put a little note because next week or two he's going to get in and teach us about what's the difference between judging can you judge what does it mean to make a judgment okay he's going to develop this point right here but this can be a little bit of a of a trigger word here all right and uh, but he says this don't judge anything prematurely before the lord comes all right in essence it's this is hey don't judge the movie halfway through 
all right? Jesus is working, all right? The worst thing we could do is go, man, you're finished right now. Or to look at somebody or to have an evaluation of somebody and go, I'm giving up. There's no hope, all right? Hold up a minute. He said, don't, don't. You, listen, until the Lord comes, do not prematurely make a judgment on that, okay? And again, he's not saying don't make judgments about sin and righteousness and all these things. But he's saying personally, hey, man, don't write people off, okay? Do not do it. Don't do it prematurely, all right? And so we jump down to verse 6 here. He says, brothers, I applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, okay? Isn't that great? Paul is going, listen, guys, we're applying this to us. Right? This isn't just like, hey, y'all get better and y'all do. It's like, no, no, we're going to apply it to us in a way that not only you can kind of see it modeled, but also that you can learn from us. All right. So do you, did you catch the implication there? Is Paul's, there's this idea that Paul was going, no, in a healthy church, there is meant to be teaching and learning. All right. Like he's starting to dig into this topic right here of, of pride and arrogance, okay? And that's something, man, I, this is like totally judgmental of me, right? But I think every one of us, we have like a advanced degree in pride and arrogance, uh, right? And if you're, if you're like, no, heck no. Like, okay, it's worse than I thought, okay? <laughs> I'm just like, you know, you go, no, 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 believe me. It's like in our most humble moments, we need to check ourselves and go, man, you know, like I was, I was praying this morning and as I was praying, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is like the most arrogant, prideful, like what are you talking about, okay? Now, the goal isn't that you micromanage your work. It's the idea of knowing that, hey, there's junk inside of us that God is going to be like forming and changing, but don't, let's not fool ourselves, right? Let's not fool ourselves that we're like high and mighty and we know the way and we know how awesome it is and everybody else is kind of like, you know, hopefully catching up with us. Let's not do that, right? So he goes on. He says, um, he says, guys, we're doing this so you'll understand this saying, nothing beyond what's written. And it means something very simple, right? He's saying, we're not making up the rules. <laughs> like, we're doing this so you understand. Paul isn't making this up for himself. Apollos isn't doing this, okay? We're not going beyond. Jesus is teaching us and that's what we're going with, right? The purpose is that none of you will be inflated with pride in favor of one person over another. That's kind of crazy right there. Because it's, it's simple to go, man, no, the, the person who's everybody is flocking to is the prideful one. But he said, you're prideful if you're favoring someone over another. Right? Like, we're not... We're not just innocent bystanders here going, oh, man, there are just some prideful dogs. I'm glad I'm not. But Patrick's awesome, and I'm with him, and that's a guy I trust. Right? Mm -mm. He says no, no, no. But then he goes into, and, I, and, and you need to hear this, verse 7, hearing it from a standpoint of um, sarcasm, okay, rhetoric. He says, man, who makes you so superior? Right? What do you have that you didn't receive? He said, everything you have is not like, here, here's the deal. You're not a self-made man. Okay, that, listen, there, that should never come into the, to the mix. 
of like, man, I'm a self-made man. He's like, no, you're not. Everything you have, you are given that. All right. And, and, and keeping that in mind, because that filters into all kinds of stuff, right? We could follow that path into generosity, into giving, into hospitality, into all of these things, right? But he's going, hold on a minute. Don't forget, because the Corinthians were, they were in a place where they, where they really felt like, man, we really are something great. All right? And we really are. And in some cases, they're, they're, they're probably, it's probably true, is they're like, we're so much more kind of sophisticated than Paul. We know so much more. Like, here's Paul coming around like this country bumpkin dude from, you know, over there in Damascus, and he's coming on down here. And we're kind of like, dude, we're in the heart of, like, philosophy. Like, the greatest teachers are here. That's great that you came and told me this. But, dude, after I learned it, the, the Corinthians were like, you are not sophisticated. Right? You, you don't. Look at you, Paul, and look at us. All right? And, and here's the, the, there's this little tiny message that's in there, okay? And we're going to see this developed. The tendency of a community of faith is going to be always to, to, to lean into becoming more like the world. That's always going to be the natural flow, okay? Is, is, okay, we got the message. Now let's start behaving and competing with the world, all right? So for them, it was like competing against the the athletes and the philosophers and the businessmen and all those things. And so it's this super worldly thing. We have to keep that in mind. Our tendency is going to be to do that, right? Let's, let's try to look just like the world and then more people will want to come in, all right? Except Jesus did like this really interesting thing. Like when he really had a big audience, he started preaching these crazy sermons that I'm going... I think oftentimes I'm like, Jesus, who taught you to be a minister, man? Like, you're running people off, right? And it's going, yeah, because here's the deal. This is not like the world. There is nothing like this. We're talking about the opposite. We're not talking about making much of ourselves. We're talking about continually lowering ourselves. We're talking about becoming less. We're talking about this is not a sexy message, all right? And so he goes on and he's telling them, like, you know, you have all these things. He says, you know, we're fools for Christ. You're so wise. We're weak. You're so strong. And he says this. He said, we labor. We work with our own hands. Yeah, I wonder how. So in Corinth, Paul made tents. He, he did go to different places and sometimes he worked on his own as a tent maker. All right. I wonder what his day looked like. Right. Knowing you're going into a town and you're going, hold on, I'm here to plant this church to proclaim the gospel, to get this thing going. But in Corinth, I can't be supported by the church because that's going to be super bad for the church. So I'm going to work as a tent maker. How often at the end of the day are you got, are you like, man, I get off work and I'm done. I'm shutting it down. Right. And, and, and don't hear what I'm not saying. OK, I'm not saying like, yeah, have some downtime. Paul had some downtime. I'm sure he's not like this superhuman like robot that never got tired. OK, but there is this idea of his real purpose. 
and that that may have required pushing himself beyond like a comfort level and a comfort zone, right? And that might have pushed him beyond a level. Like, I get it. I, I get that sleep is important. I, I promise you I get that, okay? But I, I kind of feel like all of our studies is like sleep has become our Lord. You know, like it's like you're at someone's house and they're like, oh, no, 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 it's 7.58. You need to get out because we're going to bed. I'm like, sleep is not your Lord. <laughs> I mean, don't be rude. Don't be like, no, 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 you got to get out of here as quick as you can. Hey, it's going to be okay to miss 10 or 15 minutes. Okay? It, it really will be. And so it's just that idea of, of he had this larger purpose and he was willing to kind of push through the tough kind of fatigue that came along with it. And he tells him this. He says, listen, I'm not trying to shame you. I'm not trying to shame you. He says, you, you can have 10,000 instructors. And here's the interesting thing is that word instructor is like a legal, kind of like a legal tutor, like a legal teacher, like a, somebody that said, no, you will teach this child and they have to do it. Now, how cool is it that Paul says you can have all those? But really what I want to talk about is being a father in the faith. Okay, it's, it's, so stop and think about that because that can, unlike Brent brought up, that can bring up one of two very strong emotions. It can either bring in this strong emotion of this was awesome because my dad was awesome. And I get it. And the kind of that fatherly, paternal kind of view. Or you can go, I hate that because my father was a wreck. All right. And the good news on that side of it is Paul being able to go, but let me show you what a father is supposed to be. Like, let me, let me completely like shift your view so you see it as a good thing and a want this wonderful thing. So he's getting into this idea of just, we're talking about relationship here, All right? So as, as me and you are working on this and we're going, okay, let's imitate Paul. Let's get our hearts and our minds and our daily life schedule to a place where we truly are under rowers. We truly are stewards. We truly are living this way, right? And, and that we don't get so caught up in the mechanics that we forget that the purpose is that we're family. All right, and he's saying, as a father, I'm going to approach you differently. He says, as a father, I'll warn you. All right? But it's not a legal warning. It's a, it's a warning coming from love. Where'd I go right here? So he goes on down, verse 18. He says, some of you are inflated with pride. You, 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 know, you think, what will keep us from this? This is, this is where we have to kind of sink our teeth into. Right? To, to go, okay, I get it. I get that. That the Corinthians were hearing this thing, but they were really being taught, man, if you're inflated with pride, this is going to keep you from this. All right. And again, I think me and you, we get it right now. The interesting thing about pride is it requires kind of a Luke six kind of approach. You know, like, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and you don't see the plank in your own? That's what it's going to require as we start digging into like pride and arrogance Believe me, we, we could think like, okay, so-and-so is prideful. So-and-so is arrogant. So-and-so is, like, I see it. I see all those things. And what I'm going to just share with me and you is go, okay, hold on a minute. But what's the plank in your eye? All right. What are you missing? And because in Luke 6, he says, you can't even help your brothers until the plank comes out. Okay. 
It's funny, that word pride, actually, the, the literal word means to overshine, right? It's to ele- be elevated, to be shining over, not in a good way, okay? Is this idea to be noticed, to be above, to be better, all right? But let's just hit a couple of these because I, I want you to think about this. Proverbs 4, 6, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble, So here's what I I want you to think about this now is could God be opposing you right now? Like, like seriously, we've we've got sometimes we we can get so kind of pouty and, and, oh, why aren't things going my way? And if we're not evaluating this, can you imagine if Jesus walked down here? We're like, man, Jesus, why don't you tell me you're opposing me? He's like, I told you like a thousand times. (laughs) Like, this is no secret. It wasn't like it stuck somewhere, like in, in 3 John, in like the middle of the second paragraph or something. It's like everywhere. With arrogant scoffers, he's scornful, yet he shows favor to the humble. When pride comes, disgrace follows. Everyone with a proud heart is detestable to the Lord. All right, this is hard-hitting stuff, okay? Talks about Hezekiah, right? In those days, in 2 Chronicles 32, In those days, Hezekiah became sick to the point of death. So he prayed to the Lord and he spoke to him and gave him a miraculous sign. However, because his heart was proud, Hezekiah didn't respond according to the benefit that had come to him. So there was wrath on him and Judah and Jerusalem. So catch that right down there. He didn't respond according to the benefit that came to him. Since that was the prideful response is here's, I'm benefiting you. I'm giving you something great, but you're not responding in kind. Like you're not responding and that's arrogance and that's pride, right? And so again, we could spend probably hours like digging into all the tentacles of pride and arrogance and all these things. But but here's the truth of the matter is this sums up is, is really the starting point of how God feels about this about people who make more of themselves, right? People who are inflating themselves, right? And so, so here's, here's just a few. We could go on and on and on and on and on, but this is, you know, how, how often are you comparing yourself to people? How, how often are you like, man, why aren't people more impressed with me? Slash like in church, like, why aren't I leading? I worry often, okay? Well, how's that, pride? We have this, like, God complex that I should be in control. I can't trust God. I should be in control. And here comes worry. Anybody here ever regularly irritated with people? Yeah, Yeah, man. You know, for a while, I thought that was my spiritual gift. (laughs) I was like, you know, some people love well. Some people serve well. I get really irritated at people well, right? Then I'm like, oh man, that's not a good thing, okay? But here's the deal is, is pride fuels this. Where it's this constant irritation rather than, man, I love my brothers and sisters. And we can tell the truth and speak, you know, directly. Do you have a hard time listening? Um, This is a big one. Anybody here afraid of failure? I'm going to tell you, man. 
the life of a disciple, we, you have to embrace that, man. It's an, a, it's an aggressive life where we're going to fall. And if we sit back on our heels, it, we're, nothing's going to happen. And we're going to mess up. And you know what we need to hear from each other is, okay, hey, get back up. It's okay. We're with you. Don't be humiliated. Don't feel shunned. Don't feel like you're not a part of this thing anymore. Come on. We're all, you know, this is, we're in this, right? But there's this fear of failure where it's like, man, I'm not going to do anything that might make me look dumb or stupid or weird or any of these things. Anybody here, do you resent correction? You know, if, if you're uncommitted, if you're like, nah, I don't know, man, I'm kind of in and out, not super committed. This is pride comes from this because pride is telling us, I don't need people. I don't need you in my life. Critical. Your prayer life is, is the prayer life, if you were to grade it, one of convenience. Like I pray when there are those times I'm not doing anything else. Right? And so <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll fill those times up, but I'm not like pushing past that. Okay? This is just a handful. Me and you could sit down and go, yeah, man, a whole, <laughs> we could go down this list and have a great conversation because we're all like, yes, I get it. I feel it. I know that's inside of me right? But he says here, right, right here at the end, and as we finish up, I want to I draw your attention to this in verse 20. The king, verse 20, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but a matter of power, All right? Back in chapter 2, Paul said, I came to you with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, All right? Now, to us, in, in, in kind of like 20th, 21st century, whatever kind of Christianity, we think that is like speaking in tongues and doing all these other things. When the demonstration of power is a powerful demonstration of Jesus manifested in his people in a way that they could not do on their own. All right. That's why the Holy Spirit has been put inside of us. Because it's not, it's not the church is just should be kind. We should be supernaturally kind, all right? It's not just like, man, I love the Holy Spirit produces patience. But here's the deal is, how many of us have a supernatural level of patience? Like, that's a demonstration of God's power, right? It's going, hey, I'm sharing this, and I'm not just loving. There's a supernatural level of love and of joy. And to me, that's like, there's the higher calling right there. All right, because, man, it's really easy for us to want a nice church, right? And, and to be good people. And that's a, that's a good thing. But remember, he has the spirit. He's put it inside of us. So picture in your mind a demon-possessed person, okay? You're walking down the street or you're reading the Bible and you see a demon-possessed guy, right? You can tell there's something wrong with that guy. All right, so, so here's my kind of question then shouldn't that be the case with spirit-filled people? That, that should, I think, right? And so, again, to me, right here is this idea of, okay, man, Paul, thank you for that, because, man, let's not get caught up in just talk and opinion and philosophizing and all of these different things, but let's really, like, help each other practice this supernaturally. It's okay to have questions like, hey, how is the Spirit empowering you today? All right. What has happened in your life that you can't explain happening? All right. That should be normal. All right. Not, not kind of all of these other kind of things that go on.
So again, what does this have to do with renewal? Right? What does this have to do? This is Paul, again, teaching them, guys, this is so important. Like, humility brings renewal. Humility puts us in a place, and we're going to see next week, where we can hear something that's hard to hear. Humility puts us in a place where we lower our defenses. Humility puts us in a place where we can love one another deeply. Right? Humility. And so this idea of if I want renewal, it's this idea of, of the humility of thinking less of myself, thinking less and thinking, you know, Philippians 2, valuing others above ourselves. Looking around, could you say, like, as we look around, just this small group here, you look around, and can you honestly say, I'm viewing everyone as they come in and out and all these things as someone dearly loved by God. All right, see, that requires humility. So that's, that's the higher call. That's what we're going into next week, because he's going to start talking about some things that when we're going to hear this, and our tendency might be to get defensive instead of going, hold on a minute, let me lower myself. He's just a steward. Paul's just a steward, man. Paul's just an under rower. All right, so let's hear what Jesus is telling us.